0: Hi, uh, welcome all to the Gravy Sandwich Podcast. This Hello. is John. This is Dakota. And we are actually going to enjoy the more festive spirit.
1: Yeah, we just it, jumped into it.
0: So the holidays are on the way and we seem to be in a very
1: uh, Hype mood? hyper mood. Yeah.
0: So uh, as we were just discussing, I'm almost tempted to keep that intro in. Yeah, we were right. on the the the, uh, the point of family guy. Yes. Because we were talking about, actually, the, uh, Dakota brought up an interesting idea that there's a lot of power in just putting something in narratively and then not acknowledging it as sort yes. of a meta-commentary. It's
1: sort of like a drama. like You could do a lot with even like violence against women, for example. Okay. Like, as an example. No, 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 that's yeah. what I'm
0: saying. So, like, something happens and then like, it's, no And one... then
1: it's just glossed over. It's not even relevant to the narrative. It just happens and it's meant to be fucked up, but it's never even commented on. It's interesting because you, I think, were saying that Family Guy Semi does do that. Yeah. But for, like, a weird comical...
0: They Yeah, they do that kind of shit for comedy. Like, it's acknowledged, at least. Because I think it's, like, it's in that space that you wouldn't acknowledge it. That sort of silence of, like, oh, that did happen.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. like, I, what we were saying is, what if, like, um, say a serious drama show. Like... The kid's all upset, whatever, and then, like, the father seriously starts hitting him, like, in the middle of a scene. Yeah. A messed up scene, and then the show just glosses over, it cuts to a different storyline, we cut back, and, like, the family's just back to normal, everything just doesn't even matter. I feel like there's a lot of power in that, in having, like, a seriously messed up moment, but it's, like, it's narratively supposed to be glossed over.
0: See, I don't don't know about that, because I feel like... I don't know what message that would even say, like, what are you trying to make a commentary on when you do that kind of thing, you know?
1: Basically, that this is happening to a lot of families across the world.
0: And we're just not looking at it?
1: Yeah. It's basically invisible, and even narratively, it's just glossed over.
0: But there has to be some point to acknowledge it. Maybe not immediately, <sighs> but it has to be dealt with, right? Even- it's, it's, it's like yeah you can't right. you can't bring an element in and then not deal with that yeah element. you can't
1: have an audience like supposed to love this father after that moment either it could be good for say like a breaking bad type show
0: yeah a, a drama yeah like saying yeah.
1: walter white that's his final moment when he like goes over the edge type thing
0: and that's why his i'm not i'm not gonna make that joke <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> i know where you're going but no, yeah, the, like him
0: and his his son were picking up pizzas off the roof, and then and Walter then Jr. just goes, said one sassy thing, yeah. too many, and then, and then Walter and then Walter just pushes him off. He's like Jesse
1: <laughs> Jesse, you
0: had this coming.
1: He looks down and he's like, You may not be able to walk, but now you need a wheelchair. Jesse. Oh um, Jesse.
0: Now that the pizza's gone. Let's cuck It's time to cuck Jesse. let's cuck,
1: Jesse <laughs> okay, narratively. So I,
0: so I can throw another pizza on the roof I well, want let's, let's make this a Sunday thing, Jesse.
1: yeah, there you go let's not, actually, what are some narrative things you think could be done to stories that would hold a lot of power that just aren't done enough?
0: More silence.
1: More silence. That's
0: interesting. I genuinely think that people don't use silence enough, and I don't just mean silence as in like there's no audio. Yeah. Like yeah. another thing I like is when music overtakes a scene to the point there's no other sound. Oh, like yeah, it's not yeah. even like the muffled like you know, ah! or, like you know in the movie where like the hero fights the villain and like yeah. there's muffled sound of them like screaming the strong
1: crescendo. Yeah, that's it's
0: what. like. None of that. It's just the music because mm-hmm. it's 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 sort of like the person we're having the experience through the person of viewing. Um, It's it's like they are completely lost in that moment. They're yeah. they're so in their emotions or their head that the world around them is mute. Actually,
1: anyway. one, I think American Psycho actually does do that really well. Where it's him at the very end, it's not a spoiler, but he's sitting at a table. Oh yeah, and he's calling and, this guy on the phone. And I think it's like complete silence or something, as he's just sitting there in the final moment, while everybody around him is just talking.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you're talking like the very end. The end. very, very end, yeah, without any spoilers. Y- yeah, yeah, and it's just like, well, there's a i narr- I'm pretty sure they narrate in that about 100. It's been a, it's been okay, a, yeah, maybe. it's been almost it. like a, uh... Yeah. I was supposed to say eight years. It's almost been uh, a year since I've seen it, so it's not completely fresh in my mind. But
1: no, definitely silence is interesting because, like, even I'm trying to think right now of any moments in a TV show that had silence when it was supposed to be like.
0: Well, yeah, it was that. That goes to the thing where we were saying we don't acknowledge that that horrific event, mm-hmm. where it's it's that space for the audience to just sit there with that. Even, like, yeah,
1: like, deaths in TV shows, they're always, like, the characters crying or, like, screaming and stuff. It's never, like...
0: They just sit there in shock.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think that's because it makes it a little too uncomfortable for the audience. Because it's, like, let's be real. If you're, you know, living your life and then all of a sudden you see your mom, like, get oh, shot. Oh, yeah, For sure. I, I don't think anyone's initial reaction at that very second is just to cry. I think you're going to be shocked yeah i think you'd be like did that actually just happen like you wouldn't even be able to like process it you wouldn't Mm -hmm. believe it you know because it's something so terrible if something terrible enough happens people can't process that it's like when like with trauma yeah and like people cut that out of their mind and there's like gaps right Mm
1: -hmm. exactly yeah like that's a really clear example of like you don't know how you'll react. Like, that's such a shocking moment. And in TV shows, they always go for the huge, like, overreaction. They'll cry their eyes out. Yeah. They'll, like, scream. They'll curse the skies or whatever. But, like, a lot of people in that moment will just truly, like... Like, even soldiers would scoop, like, their comrades' brains back into their skull. Yeah. Because they, like... In that moment... They're
0: just trying whatever. <clears throat> like, yeah. they're so in shock that logic leaves them.
1: Exactly, yeah. Um, it would be... I think... Maybe Private Ryan did some stuff like that.
0: Well, what I would think, narrative wise, is if we had a character who, let's say, was sort of the comedy relief, and the their either sibling or a friend of theirs or their love interest. we'll go with love interest. Sure. Because I think that would hurt the most. Their love interest dies, and just for like the remainder of the series, they're just silent.
1: Actually, so that is interesting. You say that there is it's, a, um,
0: it's like a, and they become no longer this comedy character. There's like, this grim, grimness to them, and I don't know. That almost seems like it'd be a good, like main character thing.
1: So there is a game, um, the it's a Persona game. I'm not gonna say which one. One of the like the joke characters, they're always like annoying. They're over the top. They're crazy, and they fall in love with a girl, and then she does die oh shit um sorry and then basically long story short that like serves as their catalyst to grow as a character where like after that they kind of stop being the stupid screw up and try to step up and actually be like be dependable at least yeah um
0: yeah oh my goodness okay well i guess yeah you know, I thought we were in a silly mood, but so far we've been actually discussing <clears throat> trauma as a, yeah. as a narrative foil. So, Interesting. I guess...
1: I think there's a lot of power in it. I think that's why. Like, shows treat it... I watch a lot of, like, superhero shows. And those will always treat it like a huge moment. But it, like... It doesn't really, like, have that same punch. A character you've watched for seven seasons will die... And like only two characters will react and cry. Yeah,
0: <clears throat> I'm sorry. I think. Well, I think it's sort of difficult to deal with that stuff and sit with that. But I really find it interesting if someone were to stay with that. Like, there was one time uh, during a D and D campaign I played when I was still in like high school. Okay. And one of the other characters died, and he was like my character's like blood brother because it was mm-hmm. the only way they could trust each other. Okay. Which seemed to be, I that happened to me twice, so it was huh. kind of weird, but in that, uh, the next session, we spent the entire session just everyone, we didn't fight anybody, we didn't do anything, we just stayed in this like one place, and did, we just like mourned the loss of this one character. And because the, the rule at the table was once your character died, you can't come back to the table. It was, oh, wow, it was like okay. a permanence thing. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Which added to the thrill of it. But I remember our DM kept trying to provoke us and try to do something like throw monsters our way and stuff. And we just didn't bother with him. Like he tried sending like spirits because it was a graveyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were just like, we we're trying to mourn someone. Seriously, we're not... Going wow. to fight with you. And then I think he finally picked up on what we were doing. <laughs> and he kind of just let it happen. Hmm. But it it was this sort of weird thing where it's Almost like... like
1: catharsis, yeah.
0: The, the guy running the game, he just didn't... He didn't get it. Because mm. he's been doing this for like years, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for him, he's like, oh, your character's dead, sucks. But then we all had this really good dynamic. And then it was just sort of this we were like no nah, we're going to we're going to sit with this you made this happen Damn. but there was a way to bring them back cuz obviously in D&D you can bring no the dead back really yeah. you can bring the dead back to life so if you can find a way to bring someone back they can come back to the table but <clears throat> this was like AD&D so it was like not modern day where death is just an inconvenience AD&D you, you still had to put a lot of effort and pizzazz to bring <laughs> someone back
1: okay yeah 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 I don't know like narratively it's hard to say because I feel like even like the top tier like say Christopher Nolan. Mm. He's really good at the weird emotional moments but he never really nails like the almost like the sad moments. Because I'm thinking of Interstellar. Yeah. That movie is super hit or miss because it's really strong with like the whole Merv thing. How he wants to get back to her. But then even, like, when he sees What's-Her-Face dying, Anne Hathaway. Yeah. He doesn't really, like,
0: care. Well, it's also, I don't know, Interstellar has a lot of great moments, but it's also just weirdly written. It's like, Merv is the only person he cares about. He's got an yeah. entire family. Yeah. He has an entire family. He doesn't give a fuck about any of them doesn't other than does he also Merv. have a son, too? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't give two shits about his son. It's like... I don't really care about this guy, man. He doesn't really care about anyone but one person. And it's like, you're a dad, man. Well, it's
1: really telling that, like, at some point in the movie, he meets a guy named Man, who then dies at a certain point of the story, narratively. Yeah. Like, that's, could that be any more on the nose? Yeah. Like, I like the movie a lot. I think it's really like, but the problem is, it feels like three movies, too, like a trilogy in one. Like Maybe yeah. There's a weird bit where he's on the planet just chilling, then he friggin goes to space. All those sick planets, and then when he's doing the weird metaphysical like. See,
0: I'd like more metaphysical. Oh, stuff. me too. I would a hundred percent love to be in that space more.
1: But that's the problem. Is like I feel like the space stuff was also really interesting,
0: because
1: he was at least like there was that one planet where, um, it was either what was it too small or the waves were something weird where.
0: Oh, it was, was the that? it was the distance from the sun itself. It made the time effective.
1: Yeah, because yeah. that one guy became older. Yeah. Yeah. Like stuff like that was super interesting. I wish he kind of played around with that a bit more. I have not seen Tenet. It's
0: it's uh, it's good.
1: I've heard it's got a lot of problems in the same way Interstellar does.
0: It's. Uh, it's good i'll say that like it's an entertaining watch but Mm. it's uh as my roommate put in his review of it he was like you're gonna have to watch this like a few times um he doesn't explain things very well
1: which so i i inception i always got
0: inception
1: i don't get i I don't get why people had
0: issues with that i i I watched it i was like I understand everything that just happened.
1: The only thing that's not clear is the very ending, but you're not supposed to know.
0: Well, even then I'm pretty sure it's, it's real because the It's implied, it topples. Yeah. yeah. So it's like It
1: moves a bit, yeah.
0: And even then the message <laughs> supposed to be he's happy at that moment, it doesn't matter. It doesn't
1: matter if it's real or not, yeah. He's happy. Um but yeah, so like Christopher Nolan is he's gone so far up like his own ideals and his ideas about what true cinema is. But I think he's still like probably the greatest greatest? I wouldn't say of our time at least. The current like filmmaker.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 don't, I wouldn't put a label on that on anybody because for all we know, there's some dude, let's say, I don't know, in the uh, streets of some indie town in, in British Columbia. I guess that's true, yeah. And he's making these indie films that no one's ever going to see until like 40 years later and everyone's going to be like, <laughs> my God, it's a masterpiece. <laughs> my God, look at this guy look at this guy look how he films the spaghetti it's like the best thing I've ever seen in my life
1: do you want to make a movie where it's just it's like a black and white shot of a man eating spaghetti for two hours
0: can I do that
1: would you be (laughs) next project
0: it'll be like my dinner with entrees there's no one to bounce dialogue off of so it's just me sitting there eating I almost
1: want there to be like no dialogue you're just like super depressed the whole movie you're not sure why yeah if people skip ahead they might miss something (laughs)
0: Like, I'll say one thing to the waiter when he comes by and he's like, is everything all right? No. No. And then the waiter just walks away.
1: Yeah, the whole story could be delivered through, like, dialogue like that. The waiter's just asking dumb questions that only relate to the food, but he's actually giving real answers about the narrative. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) But it's only, like, one... Every... Every, like, like 20... 30 to 45 minutes, maybe something will come up, and it's just yeah. this one word response. It's like, Wow, man,
1: whoa, <laughs> sir, why are you here so
0: long? Wife's birthday,
1: <laughs> honestly, that's gold.
0: My wife's birthday,
1: I can't wait. Yo, Jesus Christ, we're gonna win the Oscar, bro. Uh, that's really dark no matter how you take that
0: it's really sad but, uh, in- initially I, I won't lie I, t- I thought of it and I was like he's avoiding his wife on his birthday I didn't even take it as like oh she's dead I my first thought was he hates his wife <laughs> so much he doesn't want to be yeah. with her on her own birthday so that's
1: one of the big things I've always loved about horror films it, at least good ones they'll leave the monster up to you they'll give you the rough outline you'll create something scary to you so people would take this idea of the movie and fill in their own blanks for what they find the saddest. Yeah. Well, it's it's
0: like, it's like, yeah, because the more you do it, like Freddy Krueger, like Nightmare on Elm Street or like the Halloween movies or the Jason movies, all those are like, they're so, the ad. first ones are like always the best ones.
1: Yeah, because it's new. You're not sure what the hell he's and doing. And it's vague as shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And then the more lore and the more stuff you add, it's like this isn't scary anymore.
1: Our best example is Blair Witch. Blair Witch. Blair right?
0: Witch is an awesome. Because look
1: at the first movie, uh, people will argue that there is either a clear witch or there's
0: no monster in the entire movie. I'm on the side that there's no monster. At but all.
1: that's the great thing is
0: like people can debate that. People
1: can debate that, and like the movie is still scary. You'll never have your answers, although. If you watch the sequels, they confirm there is a big spooky evil. Well, monster the sequels, itch.
0: then again, nobody really acknowledges because in the first one, it's I at least believe it's clearly hinted at that it's just the two of them who are doing her, this. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. But they, I believe, it's them who do it.
1: Uh huh. Especially because the scariest thing that happens, the most magical thing, is a guy is looking at the corner of a wall. Yeah. Which is strong narratively, like that's the best example of letting the viewer like kind of scare themselves in horror. And horror is really, at least, good horror is good
0: at that. Well, that, that goes, it's as it I like to call the power of magic, yeah. But, um, for example, uh, at the place I work, okay. uh, one of the uh exhibits is the Mjolnir simulator, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, and it's this hammer that's like impossible to pick up. Mm-hmm. But people will go up to it and they'll be like, can you actually pick this up? And let's say this wasn't COVID and you are allowed to touch it. I'll be like, if you're worthy enough, Mm -hmm. I don't have to tell them the truth on whether you can or cannot pick it up. And I'm actually going to leave that ambiguous. Okay. Whether you actually can or can't. But they will fill in the gaps and do it. Because I remember when we did the initial test run with uh, the people out front who don't get to see this every day. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was the one in charge of the meal nurse simulator. And I had almost the entire crowd just gathered in my room looking around (laughs) seeing who can pick up the hammer. Because it's like, you can tell them all the facts about the movies and show them all the shit. But when you give them that moment to build that narrative in their head, to build that magic and think I might be the one who can lift this hammer. That's the shit that's like mind blowing. That's that's the magic moment. Mm -hmm. And people remember that because they're like, oh, man, I almost did it. Yeah. I could could tell I almost did, even if they didn't or did. Yeah. yeah, It's like, that's the magic of it. It's like you let them create this and it becomes far more powerful than anything you could possibly present.
1: Admittedly, it is much harder in film and TV because things do kind of need to be spelled out. You know, not always, not always. Like there's a lot of ambiguous stuff like American Psycho is another great example where people will argue forever about what actually happens in that movie.
0: Yeah, um, I'll be honest. I I don't know. Yeah, you. I'll be. Really I have can't. no. I have no side on that argument.
1: There are people that believe like there's no killings whatsoever. There's people who believe every single person is involved in the killings, like people are helping him clean as well and protecting him, like the lawyer and the random housekeeper. Yeah. Um, which is interesting, and like that movie is so great because it doesn't tell you anything. Yeah. you just have to go like oh wow that's what's happening like you look for clues and nowadays movies are so like I don't want to sound elitist but they try to go for the lowest denominator they tell you everything straight up
0: like <sighs> well it, it also depends on like I don't know people I don't think people really know what story they want to tell
1: yeah that may be why too
0: I really don't think people know what stories they want to tell anymore because everyone feels like everything's been said. Yeah. Every story's been told. There's no original idea. That's a fucking lie. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's a lie. It's just hard to do it when everyone around you is like, Oh, no, I've seen something like that. Well, guess what? We're fucking human. We have yeah. so many experiences we can draw off of. Like, what do you fucking expect, man? Shit. Yeah. So how about, how about we just take a moment and actually figure some shit out? Hi, Uh, sorry about the random cut here, Uh, we just had some stuff come up for a moment, but we are back. We're back. So, continue on with narrative, because I think that might be the theme for this I kind of like that,
1: yeah, there's a nice narrative behind it. <laughs> I was going to say, so, a movie that does it really well too, Shining. Shining. I'm not the biggest fan of Stanley Kubrick.
0: No, um, I, I think he's one of the shittiest people
1: Oh, he's a, yeah, he's a bad guy. I'll, I'll rant Hoover. about him
0: after you're done with yeah. your statement.
1: I was just going to say, so that movie's so loved because it's so ambiguous. Like, even the ending of that movie throws a huge curveball at you, and you're just like, what the fuck? Just, what was that? Like, I'll, I'll argue the book is much stronger narratively, but the movie is much more interesting in a filmmaking sense when it's it's more like mm-hmm. what movies could be.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean... <clears throat> I, I, okay, just to rant about Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, sure. in my own opinion. I'm not saying that the pieces of art he made are bad. They're not. They're good. Yeah. He's got some really strong work. But he could have gotten that work with so much less. Yeah. He did so much shitty stuff. Like, poor Shelley Duvall... Oh yeah, I was just poor Shelly Duvall. Obviously, <coughs> bless her. Shout out to Shelly Duvall. She she she's an amazing human being. But the kind of shit that he put her through, no one was allowed to acknowledge her. Yeah. He treated her like a piece of shit. He, yeah. it, it was like I, I I'm not gonna go through the whole fucking list. I don't feel comfortable. Like just it, it makes me even angry thinking <coughs> about how she was treated. And that was just her. So that that's what's just weird, her. is
1: people will argue the way he went about making The Shining turned in better performances. I lie. So, I, I,
0: I believe that's a lie, 100%. Okay. I and was going to say, it is so... Not, it is not up to the director to get that out of the actor. It is up to the actor okay. to display that. But
1: then let me ask you this. Do you believe the kid turned in a good performance?
0: I think the kid gave a performance that a kid could do as That was adequate,
1: Yeah. So he kind of did something similar to him where he didn't tell him he was on a horror movie. He had no idea what kind of movie he was working on. If you pay attention, like most of the cuts when anything scary is happening is a different scene. It's not the same scene with Danny. Danny's never interacting with the blood hallway or the, like the two twins. Um, It's it's interesting because Danny apparently, like he talked in an interview where he truly believed until he was like 18... That he worked on some random kids movie, he didn't even realize he worked on Shining until he like just happened to see it.
0: Holy shit!
1: And so he tried to do something similar with Shelley, who is the the mother, the wife in that movie. Um, he also like he never told her what was gonna happen in the scenes that were horrific. So the scene when uh, Jack Nicholson approaches her with the axe, that was her genuine reaction. She had yeah. no idea what was happening. They just suddenly started shooting.
0: Well, like, no. I just. Even if that's true, that's just completely unprofessional.
1: Yeah, I agree fully. You should trust your actor enough to turn in a performance. well. Not
0: only not only that, you cannot have that dynamic between the director and the actor, especially even with the 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 crew there. You you have yeah. to have that level of trust if you're going to get the best performances. Because they, I I guarantee you, if they felt more comfortable, they could have given performances ten times greater even than what they gave in that movie. Yeah, I yeah, genuinely yeah. believe that with mm-hmm. all of my fiber as an actor. I know as a goddamn fact they could have. But Kubrick is just, he's fucked. He's genuinely fucked. I remember reading too, I
1: don't know if this is true, but I think he did tell Jack Nicholson to be sober through the entire performance of the movie. To add to like, because I'm pretty sure Jack Nicholson drinks quite a bit too. Mm. So that's why most of his anger and like that slow contempt I think is supposed to be real.
0: Well, it's, like, even at the beginning, they make Jack, like, this off guy. Like, he's already somewhat He's already, fucked. like, ten, yeah. Like And it's, like, that wasn't even him in the book, though. He's, like, he was supposed to be a good guy at the beginning. The house turns him into that. The movie's just saying, like, oh, he's a shitty guy.
1: So that's the one thing I don't like. Because even in the book, he does get a redemption at the very end. He literally, like, uh, spoilers, but the book's, like, 50 years old. So he literally <laughs> dies, like, throws an axe into his own face to protect Danny in the book which i feel like is at least a much better ending it tries to at least redeem him in the book he uh, in the movie he just like he's a monster the whole way through whole even way in through. the beginning like
0: he's just a shitty guy
1: uh, yeah which is weird cuz the book adds a lot too where he he has one moment where he like seriously beat Danny as a kid and he like broke his arm and everything so he's afraid and that adds to his fear But, like, in the movie, he just, like, seems to already be the kind of guy who would hurt Danny in, like, any situation.
0: And poor Shelly. No, uh, anyone, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just... Fuck's (sighs) sakes. Oh, my God.
1: But I'll say the movie at least does a good job of of adding to that mystique. You never know what's going on. There's random shit just popping up.
0: Bear dogs giving (sighs) blowjobs.
1: Yeah, which is... Honestly, fondly remembered naked grandmas coming to kids, <laughs> yeah,, <clears throat> but yeah, that's the thing is more movies need to kinda try to seriously screw with the audience so many times you'll learn something too before a character does
0: that 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 <clears throat> well, it depends on what movie if you I'd say if it's like. Okay, there's this animated movie from DreamWorks called Sinbad. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know, it's completely different genre, but yeah. you actually see this from the outside perspective where Eris is. She's like the villain. She's this angry goddess. Yeah. And so you as an audience member have something up on Sinbad. You know more than him about the context of the situation. Okay. I think in that sense, that's good to have. Because yeah. if it's like a hero's story or a swashbuckling story... You wanna feel confidence in them. Yeah and if you if you excuse me, if you know more about the situation from the beginning, let's say, then you feel like, Oh, right on. So Yeah. I if I feel confident that he can do it, then I can believe in this guy. Mm -hmm. A horror movie or anything that involves fear I do not want to fucking. Know. Oh yeah, I for do sure. not want to fucking know. You can give me a couple of ideas. Uh, give me, <sighs> give me breadcrumbs. That's the most I want.
1: I'm gonna say one time where it backfired. Midsummer. Have you seen that movie? Yeah, it's a good movie. I'm not gonna say anything about it, but the movie kind of starts to slowly build up the idea of this weird god, because there's a lot of weird references to it scattered throughout the book, and the one actor I
0: never knew there was a book.
1: No, not in the book, sorry. Like, in the movie, I, one of the characters reads a book. And, like, yes, uh, what's his, I forget his name. It's Chidi from The Good Place. Um, he starts reading more and more information. And he finds out about this weird, like, almost, like, Lovecraftian god. And there's, like, little references to it scattered throughout the movie. Which would have really served well as a huge, like, moment. Not even to show, just as something to kind of end on. Yes. But the movie instead goes for a purely physical ending, which is fine. It doesn't go for anything spiritual.
0: Well, it doesn't... It's... It's ambiguous when it comes to that.
1: Not really, no. Because it's... I mean about exactly what happened. Like, it's clear cut cut about why she did what she did. Yes. Like, I know it's ambiguous that there may be a god, but there is a lot of... some
0: entity, but yeah.
1: There's a lot of references and weird stuff that seem to be hinting at... Something moving around in the movie. Um, there was some scene too where I swear something had moved or something, and then they just. They, th- no,
0: if you didn't know, so throughout the movie they have like hidden imagery of like stuff that happened to her in her past. Like yeah. in the bushes, there's yeah. actually the outline of her sister with like the pipe in her mouth. I
1: do remember that, yeah.
0: And they have that kind of stuff, so there is a sort of supernatural entity or entities yeah. that are there throughout the whole film. So there is that ambiguousness there that they're guiding everything towards this conclusion.
1: I guess, like, again, that's just me, but I would have liked it more. I feel
0: like if you saw it again with that knowledge and you got a couple points that you knew how to look out for that thing, I think you'd get more from the film.
1: I really enjoyed it. I'm not even saying I didn't like it. It's just like... I'm a big fan of, like, not even twist endings, just, like, oh, what, oh scattered ending that was built work what, what was
0: the one that came before it? The one that oh, was about the demon payment?
1: Oh, I can't... I don't think I saw that one. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, uh, Hereditary.
0: Hereditary. Yeah. Fuck. Now that is a good horror movie. I've heard, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is a good horror movie.
1: Mm-hmm. And, I get, again, like, I get that he went crazy before he wanted to go for a more... Grounded story.
0: Mm.
1: It's just I don't know. I feel like that actually backfired for that movie. But maybe you're right. Maybe I did miss. I
0: I feel like you got to watch Midsummer. You you, I think you need to at least see some videos that sort of talk about the hidden stuff because it's the movie itself has a lot of like hidden. Mm. It's it's like Easter egg galore. Okay. But it it's more like once you see this stuff, you're kind of like, oh shit oh my god hmm. it's there it's there the being is there
1: <laughs> yeah 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 okay okay
0: it's just really well hidden <sighs> but it's there it's real. yeah it's real
1: i don't know like so i'm a big horror fan but yeah like i just want more stories where a lot of be like low budget movies too will show the monster which i feel like is the-, the worst thing you could ever do if it's just a guy in a costume yeah. I'm trying to think of another example where it's like they just suddenly show the monster and you can tell it's basically just a guy in a Godzilla suit.
0: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 traveling through time or whatever it is. <laughs> I guess, yeah. They show the monsters, the turtles cuz that movie's terrible. <laughs> but the
1: game is sick. <laughs> um, <laughs> so if you'll allow me to nerd out a bit. I, I will actually allow and strongly opinionated about narratives and video game okay so, so i feel like everybody now wants to emulate movies and video games for their narratives yeah that is the worst thing you could ever do really video games are one of the few things that allow players to directly influence the story yes yeah look at silent hill 2 for example that game has multiple different endings depending on how many times you look at a note like that's a really interesting idea because that helps that character get over his, his depression.
0: Actually, uh, spoilers. <laughs> could you actually elaborate on that? Because I don't.
1: Yeah, sure. Quite I guess we could talk that. about Silent Hill too. So, the whole game is about he goes to a place to go see his dead wife. His Silent Hill. He gets a letter from her. You have that letter in your inventory from the beginning of the game. Yeah. Um. So basically, it's just a useless note. You read it, you don't get any information. It's the same thing that they read to you in the beginning of the game. Yeah. But if you read it, I think 15 times you get the good ending, which is basically the bad ending is he kills himself Yeah. at the very end because he can't handle the guilt. The okay ending is he gets lost in Silent Hill. And the good ending is he chooses to move on with his life and adopt that girl that his wife had met in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Which is like a really interesting narrative thing because it's him choosing to keep... Listening to her basically dying words helps him get over his own guilt.
0: It's, I think, because he's acknowledging the whole situation. Exactly, yeah.
1: yeah. <clears throat> and another game. Uh, another you're, game. You're going to laugh. Shadow the Hedgehog actually does this fairly well.
0: Uh, no, I'm actually
1: not kidding. So, Shadow the Hedgehog has multiple different branching storylines. Yeah. So, you kind of choose who you help out. Obviously, it's very rudimentary because it's a PS2 game. But like, if you choose to help There's Sonic, no
0: excuse, Silent Hill is a PS two game.
1: You're right, but this game also has eight different endings versus three, and eight different storylines.
0: So yeah, you, and it's also about a silly hedgehog that says "damn."
1: Yeah, but so that's what I'm saying. So if those you want chaos emeralds, if you want to play damn Shadow, chaos emerald. If you want to play Shadow like a monster, you'll get the ending when he shoots Sonic in the head. But if you wanna play Sonic He actually shoots him in the head. Have you not known that? I didn't know that. I'll show you the video after. He <laughs> there's the final boss is Sonic laying on the ground and then he holds a gun to his head while he's laying You're on
0: the You're bullshitting me. I'm dead serious. You were bullshitting me. One of
1: the other endings is he shoots Eggman in the face. <laughs>
0: This is, a, this is lies, man. So
1: there's eight endings to that game. But and the thing I like about two of him
0: shooting an, an innocent childhood character in the fucking face. <laughs> One of
1: my favorite things, though, is what so... What the
0: fuck is this edgelord shit?
1: If you help certain characters... I'm talking about... I don't mean the actual storyline themselves. I mean the choices you're given. So if you choose to help certain characters through the way, you'll get different branching paths. Yes. And that'll help you... Say you help Sonic all the way through. You'll get the good ending where he decides to be a good guy, just beats Eggman yeah if you instead like literally betray sonic every chance you get go with the evil monster alien guy he tells you to shoot sonic in the face so <laughs> stuff like that is i
0: can't believe this shit is s- real
1: stuff like that is really interesting because movies could never do that obviously shadow the hedgehog is less high quality than yeah shining
0: but I, I get that, but there's also... It depends on, like, what story you're trying to tell with your game. There's one of them... I can't even remember what it's called. It's, like, this... It takes place in this, like, Slav- Slavic Woods. Okay. It's a horror game. And there's only, like, 7% of people get past the second chapter. Like, they get to the second chapter of the game.
1: Okay. Because it's
0: just so grim and depressing. It's really dark. I'll find the video essay on it. It's a really interesting concept. But it's about this guy, and he gets lost in the woods. hmm And you have to go through the woods with these rabid animals and these terrible monsters. And it's this very hopeless kind of setting, you know?
1: I think I do remember that, yeah. Uh,
0: it's from a top-down perspective, but...
1: Oh, okay, then I would not, no.
0: No, no, but it's, uh... Oh, I can't believe it's left my head.
1: But anyways, yeah, so, like... I just believe, like, people don't take advantage of the interactivity.
0: Well, it's it's also we're learning about that, right? No one's been able to tell stories like this before.
1: But that's the thing is, like, nowadays, like, Last of Us 2, great game. I'm not going to say anything about that. Last of Us, whatever, is a great game. It's super linear. Um, But there's no reason your choices... Compare that to something like The Walking Dead game, where your choices matter down to what you say to certain characters. Mm. That game's ending held a lot of... Have you played...
0: I played the The first first season, yeah. yeah.
1: That's the only really relevant one, but that ending held a lot of merit because it's not only the character you were controlling as that meets a bad ending, you get to directly control how you spend your last moments with another character. Yeah. It's... It's...
0: Okay, so I have a friend of mine who's like my best friend through high school who's this extremely emotionally stunted person. uh Uh-huh. They are not very good with dealing with anything and they told me outright that that ending made them bawl out and cry like yeah. even they who don't know how to like process things just they just broke down their like yeah. it was just that sad
1: i remember i was picking the saddest choices cuz i was playing it in front of my sister mm. and then uh i ended up getting choked up while playing it I, like i <laughs> you're trying to make the, her cry yeah and then i low key i felt it a bit oh. but that's the thing is that ending hits so much harder because you you controlled the character. You were the guy in the game. That's basically you leaving that world.
0: Yeah. And this person you brought with you the whole time is now yeah. left to themselves. Exactly, yeah. That's, see, that's, that's great storytelling. Yeah.
1: And that's a great example of uh, taking interactivity in a narrative. Yeah. Um, and I get it. It is hard. But even games like Skyrim and stuff like that, they don't have... They They don't have have...
0: specific cutscenes. Skyrim is is like... The Elder Scrolls in general is good for letting you just do what you want. Morrowind is an amazing example to the point that they will let you... They don't let you do this anymore in the games. I hope they do this for the sixth one. But they let you kill main characters. Oh yeah. And they will tell you the ties of fate are destroyed if you want to continue your destiny. Go back. Or you can continue to play in this world where the main storyline can't happen anymore Mm -hmm. and they let you fully do that because it doesn't matter at that point yeah you are free to just do whatever the fuck you want Mm -hmm. that's a great choice and Um, it's 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 not only that you can make your own story when it gets to that point it's just like no i'm not the fucking chosen one what the hell are you talking about i'm here gonna rob your house so you can
1: actually control the narrative i was not clear about that yeah Like the actual main... I'm talking about strictly the main storyline. Like the intended plot. Say like the...
0: uh, Well, I wouldn't... um, It depends. Some of them you can in the sense... Because I know
1: Skyrim you can't. It's mostly you do the exact same quest. You might have a choice at the end.
0: Well, Skyrim you... Depending on whether you do the Civil War side quest can affect things a little bit. Hmm. Um, but it's a very sort of linear story narrative wise yeah. which is disappointing, yeah, yeah,
1: a game like that should be the best example,
0: but then again, this was like a big thing at its time, so
1: but even then, I think Morrowind and that had more interest because you said you could kill main storyline characters.
0: you can kill main storyline characters and it'll you tell can destroy you destroy
1: that- the story forever, which is at least interesting,
0: yeah, and it's also depending on what you do, you could you could actually so. I'm gonna do some spoilers. Yeah. Go your ahead. character may or may not be. They actually never say this directly. Is the reincarnation of their messiah oh,
1: that'll bring yeah, about yeah. the new
0: age for the dark elf people. Mm-hmm. So your character is called the Nerevar. Yeah. Or the Nerevarine. Mm-hmm. Nerevar was the guy. Nerevarine is your title. And you're never actually told outright if you are this guy. And throughout the story, you fit each part of the prophecy. Like, Mm -hmm. each one of the characteristics for the Nerevarine. But it's not in the way you expect. Mm. So, one of them is there's this disease that's spread across the land. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah. So, the Nerevarine is immune to it. Okay. So, eventually, at one point, you find this sorcerer guy who's like 4,000 years old that has all these wives that he also calls his daughters and his sisters at the same time. It's kind of disgusting, but... um, you talk to him and he sets up this potion that makes you immune to the negative effects of this disease, but the disease makes whoever has it immortal. So now you're immortal with all these bonus effects. So you're like this uber powerful guy with none of the negatives. So you're technically immune, even though you're still affected by the disease, there's no visible condition of it. And a part of that goes with, the temple so your character the temple is the temple that reveres the tribunal which are the three gods of the dark elves yeah you can be a part of that now if you're become the nerevarine that might have i'm not going to say how but it might affect your membership in the temple because they don't want their gods to die and you're destined to kill them
1: oh is that all skyrim
0: no that's okay that's
1: okay good i was gonna say i don't remember this at all okay
0: no, yeah. no, no. Skyrim is He's more very... about you killing dragons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it's Vikings. Saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, aesthetically pleasing because Vikings are the coolest shit ever For... and dragons are the coolest shit ever. I'd actually
1: say Greeks are the coolest things ever. Um, Ancient Greeks.
0: Why don't you, Look at Spartans.
1: Are you kidding me? Look at yeah, Spartans. the Spartans
0: a bunch of farmers that have been over-glorified in movies.
1: Have you ever heard about the Fight of 300?
0: Have you ever actually a real history read history about Sparta?
1: I have read about Sparta. They're a
0: farming town. You want yes. you wanna know you wanna know who really, really got their shit going? Let's see. What, Tell, what, me. What, who, Tell me. Who is Alexander a part of? He wasn't a Spartan.
1: Oh, really, really? Oh, let me think. Who is Leonidas a part of, actually? Let me think. Ah. Wow, you
0: have one great example. That's right. Uh-huh. That's right. Let's see. We can look at Athens. They were warlike. They kicked everyone's ass. We can go, let's go back in time. The Mycenaeans. Micanaeans. They were pretty fucking violent, too. Okay,
1: so I'm going to be real. I, I did not actually realize. I'm not super up on Greek culture. I only just recently realized Athens and Spartans had a war. I thought they were all just <laughs> one group. The, but, no, like, at the different two, they, they, they weren't
0: even that really big uh, against each other. The Athens had, far, I think it was Thrace is the one I'm trying to get at. Thrace was, like, the warlike yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people would view their way of being as the Spartans, but the Spartans were mostly farm, like they were agricultural people.
1: Okay, well then I like the idea of Spartans. How about that?
0: Yeah, but I mean, the Scandinavians and the Norse, that they, they're way cooler, dude.
1: Not really. They are though. They were a bunch of dirty barbarians.
0: No, they were yeah. tradespeople. Uh, Yes, I played God of War, dude. Oh, <laughs> now you just don't say that about my ancestors, okay, okay. Let's get it. Let's talk about this.
1: Look in God of War. Guess who is the reason he kills his daughter? Barbarians.
0: His daughter.
1: Yeah, he. Did you not know the entirety of God of War?
0: You're talking the original. Those barbarians aren't the Vikings. Yeah, they are. No, they're those, Vikings. Yeah. No, barbarians aren't Vikings. Yes. No, they're yeah. not. They would be part of what would be the Goths. The Goths weren't the Vikings. No, so
1: they. You might be right in God of War One, but they did actually retcon it to be Vikings. In well, uh, be, one of the PSP ones.
0: No, hold on.
1: Look. Look it up. I guarantee. They were Norse. Just look at barbarian king.
0: Watch. Barbarians, god of war. Let's let's take a look. Let's take a look. (laughs) What a fun We're doing this shit right now. And the ancient Greeks considered other non-Greeks as barbarians. They were nomadic and are like savage big groups of people who often sparred with Greece. Some well-known non-Greeks were located near the ancient Greeks including Albania, Bulgaria, Antolonia, Scythians, who are the Black Sea area, Israel... Lebanon, Egypt, Persian slash Iran. So it
1: looks like every single place. I was right.
0: Yes, but the Viking world, which we see in God of War Four, is a completely different universe. So but that's what I'm saying. But let's continue this. The term is later adopted by the Romans to describe who were non Roman. These included the Celts, who were the British, the the Dacians, the Romanians, North Africa. And then the tribes of Germany and the Baltic Sea era. There we go. So, listen. But those aren't. The you're not wars. familiar
1: with the God of War lore. You I know... am quite
0: familiar with the God of War So, you War. played
1: Ascension, the one that features Egyptian gods.
0: It doesn't feature the Egyptian gods. It ones.
1: features a lot of Egypt. You go to Egypt in that game.
0: But you don't see the Egyptian gods. You don't gods. see the
1: Egyptian gods, but you see various Egyptian creatures and critters
0: those also appear in greek mythology but it,
1: they make a point of acknowledging the fact for some reason so i know that breaks the lore of uh god of war four but that's a real thing where they for some reason acknowledge egyptian mythology inside of ascension which is a different studio which breaks. well the lore. then
0: again the greek myth is also heavily tied to the egyptian myth because at one point this is obviously when the greeks were converting yes. over there uh there is the story of typhon who's like oh yeah you yeah. know they the father of all monsters i brought this up in a previous episode i believe but when the gods flee to egypt they take the form of animals and they happen to correlate with the different gods there so Amun, who's often associated with the ram zeus takes the form of a ram so he's supposed to be a yeah and this goes on so on and so forth hermes takes the form of an ibis and so he's like thoth it's anubis no: it's,
1: it's,
0: <laughs> I know, uh, I'm you. <laughs> Even though Hermes is also associated with Anubis, he's actually considered to be associated with both of them. Yeah, which adds more to his mystique. but if anyone knows your good old hermetic philosophy, Hermes Trismagistus you should know all about this shit. So: Did uh,
1: you know a fun fact? So Hermes and uh, Aphrodite had a kid.
0: Hermaphrodites. I'm well aware.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to. Thank you. <laughs> just kind of wanted to bring some knowledge. Thank you. <laughs> um. Anyway. I'm very passionate about God of War lore. Did you only play the new one, or did you play the old ones?
0: I played the old ones.
1: All of them, PSP as well. Ghost is, of Olympus. Is that
0: the one with the his brother that has like the flaming mark? Yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah, Fair I That okay. one. Yeah. Okay. Then, yeah, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? Anyway, so he murders his wife and kids. Yes. Because Vikings come.
0: It's not the Vikings, dude.
1: Why were we even arguing about this? <laughs> what was like, our original you,
0: point? Because bra- we I was talking about how cool the Vikings are, and you're like, they're not. And I'm like, but they are. Vikings
1: are all right. I don't think they're that neat compared to ancient Greece. Greece is like the birthplace of democracy. It's the birthplace of modern science. Philosophy, everything. Yeah, not a Uh, big
0: deal. I would disagree with that.
1: Really? You ever heard of a man man named Socrates?
0: Oh, wow. Let me guess you're going to go on about Plato and his little cave story, huh?
1: No. Socrates, he's a good guy.
0: (laughs) Anyway. Look, I'm just going to say this. The Persians liked everybody and they didn't like the Greeks. I think there's a good reason.
1: Because they got their ass kicked by the Spartans. No, The Spartans the, were an evil, like...
0: Oh, my God, no. What are you talking... Okay, <laughs> the Greeks were not great with their neighbors.
1: Oh, no, I'm not even saying that. Yeah, I agree fully.
0: I'm not saying that the, the skin, like, ancient Norse were any better. No, what I'm
1: saying is the Persians...
0: A lot of people villainized the Persians because the Greeks won the war and they wrote them out that way. But, but I'm if you aware look, that the
1: Persians aren't actually evil. They just hated Sparta and wanted to take them. Guess what? As they slaves.
0: didn't hate Sparta. They hated Greece.
1: Okay. That's still... Just all of Greece. Sparta is still the, their pathway through.
0: Yes. They had to get through Sparta.
1: All I'm saying is a nation of people who wanted to enslave another nation is not...
0: Well, they didn't want to enslave. The Persian Empire didn't believe in slavery. They wanted to make them part of their empire. But all they were going to do is say, give us tax money. That's literally all we want. You can live the way you want to. You can have your own religion, have your own culture, do whatever politics you want. But you just, you're part of our empire. That's it. They didn't believe in slavery. I think
1: this conversation, I'm starting to realize, is like, regardless of even if me and you believe we're right, there's no way we could ever know historically if we're a million percent right. This stuff is starting to get way above our heads, I think. Are you, are you feeling
0: nervous? Are you feeling like I'm, I'm not back, feeling nervous I'm at all? backing you into a corner.
1: Oh no no no! Not even just that. I'm saying like I think we're starting to get way too into specific. Like yeah, we completely lost yeah. the narrative. What I was gonna so say. So this
0: happens in stories when you lose the narrative. What I was gonna
1: say is the reason I like Socrates, because he could craft a good story.
0: <laughs> well, Plato was the one that put Socrates in all of his stories, yeah. which is it's kind of it's kind it's kind of cute. He's like. It's very yeah. So here's my metaphorical dad, and he's doing this thing, and I thought I should put him in the store, because I love him this much.
1: It's really weird because Greece had such a weird culture where they really loved, or at least like obviously the rich areas, they loved like their philosophers and they loved the like playwrights.
0: Mm-hmm. They had like a very well, bizarre theater. Pretty much began around there, like what we would consider theater yeah. today, started around there. Yeah. And they it was interesting because to bring up the all the negative stuff that we brought about earlier they they would have mandatory theater where everyone would have to go for like the entire day and they would put tragedy after tragedy after tragedy in front of these people to invoke pathos to try to encourage empathy from the citizens yeah right so they would do this and everyone's just depressed as fuck and they'd be like okay one comedy (laughs) And then um. back to tragedy, tragedy, tragedy. It's just like, And it was a mandatory thing. It was That's not like really you couldn't on. go. You had to.
1: Could you imagine the government telling you you have to go see Evangelion? You
0: have to, <laughs> you have to go watch Evangelion in theater.
1: Like, every day you have to watch Evangelion, Devil Man, Cry Baby. Like, you have to watch, like, friggin' everything messed up, and occasionally you get to watch, like, 40-year-old 40, 40 virgin. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> You want to watch a shitty Seth Rogen movie? That movie's solid.
1: Or at I, least I do like, not like. it. I'm not a big fan of Seth He's Rogen's movies. in that movie.
0: No, but just his movies, I'm not really a big fan of.
1: I like Pineapple Express, but I don't like him. I Actually, this is The End is alright.
0: <laughs> Even that movie, I'm just like, I don't know. That
1: movie was very, like, look at Seth this funny rog- reference. Seth Rogen
0: is just like... I don't know, his sense of humor is just too, like... It's, like, literally, like, weed, dude. <laughs> well, it's not even that. It's, like, oh, of it penis is. this, oh, yeah, castration it's like it's that. sausage party, yeah. Look, look, d- the Satan got his dick cut off as I went to heaven. It's, like... Yeah. I'm not even laughing at that, bro.
1: It feels like somehow a it's more not... low-quality South Park.
0: I wouldn't even give it that much credit.
1: I would say so cuz South
0: Park would have a joke. Yeah, but like South that. Park is funny.
1: They I'm sorry, really Seth. Have you you have
0: Seth missed. is I think Seth is a really good no, I It like sounds him strange. Too. I like him as a serious actor. Like when he What has he
1: even done? As oh, a serious actor? Gonna.
0: Hold on for a sec. So, have you ever seen Freaks and Geeks? That's probably one, oh, of I the love er- that show. one of the earliest things, but in that whole thing, even though he's kind of a funny guy, it's a, some a more serious role, but he's done a lot of stuff or like that one movie about uh, Apple. I forget what it was. Oh, Steve one of Steve yeah. Jobs movies. He was a really good in that. He he does serious roles really well and I like to see him in those roles. Oh. It's funny cuz as a comedy actor, I I rarely laugh at his stuff. Okay. But as a serious actor, I'm like, "You're doing an amazing job, Seth." Hm. Like he's a really good serious actor and I would love to watch more roles with him where he takes himself with like some you know more pride and like. Yeah. He's a good actor. Well, that's the same thing with Jonah Hill as well. Like
1: he fell oh, into that man. role as well. He's a really well. Great Jonah Hill is
0: actor. good in like anything you put him in.
1: He's kind of bad when in like some of his earlier stuff. I mean, like after Super Bad. But yeah. I haven't
0: seen a lot of that earlier stuff. So. He did
1: a lot of like, super bad movies that weren't that level of quality. Hmm. Um, which but
0: Jonah Hill he's top hands tier, down yeah. he's top tier shout out to jonah hill man shout outs to jonah hill dude. shout outs to jonah hill and this is seth, for you bro and seth i'm sorry i don't mean to be mean to you seth i actually do like you a lot i just yeah. i wish that your comedies i don't know man
1: we know you're listening seth we apologize
0: i know you listen to this podcast every day seth rogan and that my voice is your one Your one way to god we can hear
1: you <laughs> laughing bro
0: we can hear you laughing off. <laughs> I can't even do it.
1: I used to be able to... <laughs> That's like a fat Albert, yeah.
0: Um... <laughs> but Jonah Hill, shout out to Jonah Hill.
1: And you know what Jonah Hill's really great at? Strong narrative stuff.
0: <laughs> He's a good director.
1: Yeah, actually, yeah. I think a big problem, too, is a lot... Oh,
0: who's that skinny guy that always hangs out with him? The Canadian guy.
1: Oh, Fuck! I was just not he was Jesse on Eisenberg. He's Popular
0: Mechanics for kids.
1: Yeah, um, I used to know his name. Just it's not Jesse Eisenberg. It's Walter White.
0: Seth Rogen's skinny friend.
1: <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> it's Jonah Hill. It's Jonah Hill. <laughs> he searched it up, but there's just pictures of Jonah, Jonah Hill. Hill. <laughs> oh, Jay, Jay Baruchel.
0: Jay Baruchel, thank That's you. That's him. Yeah. So Jay Baruchel, shout out to Jay Baruchel.
1: Sure, he's actually born on my birthday.
0: What the frick? Ten you years ago. Sa- you have the same birthday. Yeah, April 9th. That's sick, bro. Whoa, that's crazy. Your birthday is the April ninth. Yeah, it's good 9th. to know. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's the same day Hitler was born. Actually, that's not a joke. I looked that up. That's one of the few people I have the same birthday as.
0: Oh, Jay. <laughs> In Dakota, yeah. I'm sorry. Oh no. Um, so, but shout out to I, Jay.
1: I was gonna say sorry. Like, I think a lot of filmmakers nowadays don't go in with a vision. It's so like movies. Well, kind of like numbers. this
0: whole episode had no vision behind it.
1: Yeah, sort of. But I th- shout th- out. That to was, us. That was a bit of
0: an underhanded joke. Yo, shout out to Dakota, man.
1: Yo, shout out to Jonathan. I know you ain't listening. <laughs>
0: But, um, next, that's kind of what I was getting at the beginning that a lot of narrative, like, yeah, I guess we were both trying to get at was, it just feels like people don't know what story they want to tell.
1: Yeah, like, they'll go in and, like, a suit will tell them, oh, but you have to include, like, a love story. Oh, but you have to include, like, a funny little sidekick.
0: It's like... It sells, it sells. Maybe you just let us make our own fucking stories and you can see what actually sells. Yeah. Because you know what? Change doesn't sell right at the beginning. And I know you want your guaranteed money. But how about you just sh- just shut up for a second? Just- just-